Hey, everybody, and welcome to another MyJS story. This week, we're going to be talking to Amy Knight. Amy, do you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. Now, usually when I have a guest on this particular segment for JavaScript Jabber, um, I talk about the episodes that they've been on, but you've been on quite a few of them. So, <laughs> Yep, yep. It's been almost two years, which is feels like a crazy long time when I think about it. <laughs> I know. It's it's been kind of a wild ride. And I, I remember when you first came on the show, uh, episode 153. Um and uh you talked about your career so far as a junior developer. Um yeah. And then we invited you to come on as a permanent fixture on the show, which was cool. Cool. I'm glad it was cool for you guys. It's been amazing for me. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, and you've you've done quite a bit in your career, it seems like, over the last few years. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely dig into that. Um, but before we, uh, we do that, I'm going to start with the first question that I ask all of the guests that come on the show. And that is, how did you get into programming in the first place? I know we talked about this on that episode, but uh, go ahead and fill us in again. This episode is sponsored by Newbie Remote Conf. Newbie Remote Conf is a two-day completely virtual conference hosted by none other than Charles Max Wood. If travel expenses are an issue or you just can't afford to be away from home for two days, then join us. It's virtual. The conference is focused on people who want to keep up with the latest in programming or just get a leg up in getting a job and getting into the programming community. We'll have speakers from all over the programming community to help you stay current and a Slack room where you can connect with speakers and other attendees in real time. We'll also have a live roundtable video chat for attendees and speakers, plus we'll provide the talk recordings to you within days of the conference. Early bird tickets are available for $150 until May 12th, and the call for proposals is open until April 28th. So come join us at newbieremoteconf.com. Yep, I'll give a little refresher. Um, so I got into it. I worked at an advertising agency. That's what I did out of college. Um, and so I was always working alongside developers and I think I really got started. Um, there was a site that I was kind of managing the completion of that was built in Expression Engine. And then I also had to manage another site that was Expression Engine uh, for the company itself. And we had a lot of things that like needed to be updated just in the, you know, just in the CMS portion. So that part was fine. But um there were actually a couple of things that needed to be done inside the code, like more specific customization. And I was like the project manager for these like marketing slash project manager. And I just noticed like it kept getting pushed off, pushed off. And my personality, like I am not a procrastinator. Um, and I just, I like to get things done, like to get things like marked off the list. And because these things just like get, kept getting pushed to the side, um, like probably for close to a year, I just kind of like got tired of talking about it and bringing it up. We had our own kind of standups. And so I just like decided, you know, one weekend I'm going to, I'm going to like go home and try to figure out how to do this myself. Cause I'm just tired of asking about it. Uh, and so in the process of doing that, I mean, I was not even like on a Mac at the time. I was just on like this old PC. Uh, I just was like, I was hooked. Um, I think I tell the story on uh, the episode that I came on 
um, I would start kind of like staying up. And this wasn't a busy site. uh, So like there wasn't probably anyone really looking at it. But I would uh, like start staying up when I thought no one would be looking and like start tweaking the CSS and like little things here and there and then just revert it before, you know, anybody would notice. This was like before, like, you know, it wasn't like in GitHub or anything like that. So like you make a change and it's live. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, but. I just got completely hooked. Um, I know like I started to kind of like, this is like the typical developer thing. I think I started um, like making excuses to kind of stay at home on the weekend so I could play around with stuff and uh, started going to meetups and I'll leave it at that for now. (laughs) Very cool. It's, it's funny how many people I've talked to that, uh, I'm like, well, how did you get into programming? And, you know, some of them it was while well, I was young and I fiddled around with computers. But a lot of them are, you know, I, I got to the point where I had this job and we had this problem and nobody was solving it. So I learned how to code and solved it. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, yeah, like there was that was probably a, a big drive there. Like there was actually something that needed to be done. So that was a really good motivator at the very beginning to like kind of give me a jump start. Yep. So is Expression Engine what what language is that? I'm It's PHP. Okay. So it's a lot like WordPress. Right, that makes sense. So so that's kind of interesting you you get in there, you start fiddling with it. What was it about coding that got you excited? I guess, you know, so this is also something I talked about before, but, you know, I was a figure skater for most of my life. And by figure skating, it wasn't just like, you know, a seasonal thing or, you know, an after school thing. It was very much, you know, it was like a huge part of my life, my parents' life. Um, We made tons of sacrifices so I could do it. But all that to say, um, as I got older, I realized that my personality just really thrives on always having a set of challenges in front of me. And uh, at this point in my life, like I was in my mid twenties when I start when I discovered programming. I, I think I was like I wasn't skating anymore. I wasn't coaching, and so I was really searching for something to kind of fill that void, like a hobby. Uh, and like programming just did it. Uh, It was just like this constant like feedback cycle of something new to learn, you get a win, something new to learn, you get a like, it's just like a constant cycle of challenge, accomplishment, challenge, accomplishment. Now, granted, as you get, you know, further along, um, like the gap between those increases more and more and more, which can be difficult, but um, my personality just thrives on that. That's really cool. So, uh, so you get into programming and you're thinking, okay, well, this is cool. I really like it. You said you started going to users groups. How do you go from that to professional programmer? I know that there are people out there that are thinking, that's kind of where <laughs> I'm at. And I'd really like to, you know, have a job doing this thing. Yeah, that's a big gap. Um, so, I'll try to squeeze that into like a couple minutes, but I went to, I started going, I was in Savannah, Georgia at the time, and I started going to this thing called Refresh. And there was a developer there who was a big um, proponent of Ruby on Rails. And, you know, Ruby on Rails was pretty popular at the time. This was when like that first like Rails for Zombies course came out. Mm -hmm. So I, 
I went, I drove to Orlando, Florida at, and code school had a rail. I, I forget if it was right. Ra- it must've been rails bridge. Um, but they had like a rails bridge mm-hmm. day. And just for me, you know, somebody like I was really kind of by myself, like trying to get the environment all set up. Like that was just a huge blessing to be able to go to that and have somebody sit there and, you know, help me, you know, get homebrew installed, like all this stuff that when you're completely new can be kind of overwhelming, like help me get set, get set up and all that stuff. Um, so once I did that, like, I felt like I was pretty much like off to the races. Like I had resources, people I could reach out to if I needed help. And I also like had this development environment set up and like, I had a basic understanding of like, how to get help and, uh, what my next steps were. I also drove, uh, to Atlanta. There was a rails girls workshop, which was kind of like a repeat of what I did in Orlando, but it was good because, um, like, again, it just really helped me like, so I I guess as I'm talking through this, like a central theme there is, uh, having like a little bit of mentorship, even if it's not like what I have now, which is more formal and, uh, more regular, like, having people in the community that were there to kind of just like, it was just like one person after another, like, like somebody give you 10 minutes of their time will get you just like, you know, a couple hours further. Uh, so all that to say, so I, I did those things and I felt like I was kind of, you know, moving along pretty decently. I did research a little bit and I started going back to school for a second bachelor's and this was just an information technology. And I think I did like two courses with that and, doing what I was doing on my own with Ruby on Rails and all that, and then doing the stuff at school, I just really realized what a gap there was in between the two. And so that's when I started researching boot camps. And like a lot of people have this question and and also granted, this was like two-ish years ago. So I think the landscape has changed a lot, but I think the advice still stands. Like the person in Savannah who really helped me a lot um, he just said like going to a boot camp is kind of trading time for money. Like he felt you could totally do this on your own, but by going to the boot camp, you're just going to like go this much faster. You're going to be job ready this much faster. So, um, all told, uh, from the time I, you know, first wrote my first like hello world and HTML, uh, to the time I went to the boot camp was probably a year and then the boot camp was six months, so a year and a half to get an entry level job. Wow, and and I think <laughs> that's a fair assessment, actually, of boot yeah, camps. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I, I have some people, and it's like, you know, well, should I go to the boot camp? I had a cousin actually ask me. He was he's studying at Brigham Young University, which is pretty close to where I live, um, and he's studying computer science. And he was like, well, should I drop out and go to a boot camp? And I said. I said, you know, you're going to spend a lot, but you're going to come out with a computer science degree, which is a leg up. I said, if you want to get into programming sooner, then you could go to the boot camp. But um, the the other thing is, like, his university degree, the way he was studying, afforded him the opportunity to go hold down a 30-hour-a-week a job. And he just wasn't going to school full-time. And he didn't feel like he could, you know, essentially take three months off to go to the boot camp. Yeah, that's that seems like awesome advice. I mean, I know for me, in hindsight, I wish I would have discovered this earlier. I I probably would have gone the computer science route, too. Um, and, and one thing I think, like, to keep in mind for newer people, I still think the most growth I've had 
was when I got my first job. Mm -hmm. So I think like the sooner you can start working, the better. Um, like everyone says like the boot camp was hard or this pre-work is hard, but, and I, I guess your mileage may vary depending on what kind of job you have. But for me, that first job was like, was the, where I saw the most growth. Right. And I, I want to ask this because I get asked this a lot, especially lately, because I've been talking to a lot of people about finding a better job and they're, they're all kind of in this boat now where they've been working for a job for a year or they, you know, they're kind of looking for that first job. And they, their question is, is how do I know if I'm good enough? And some of them have gone to boot camps and some of them have been self-taught and it's, you know, how do I know if I'm good enough to even apply for these jobs? Yeah. I mean, I struggled with that big time. Uh, I forget who it was, but somebody just gave me the advice. It might've been um, the leader of the boot camp that I went to. Uh, he just said, you know, it's not up for you. It, it's not your decision whether you're ready or not. It's the employer's decision. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and go on the interviews, like put yourself out there, which was great advice. You know what? Now that I say that, I think it was actually Jason Rhodes who we had on one of our episodes who did Node School in Baltimore. Um, because I was extremely intimidated to apply to my first job. Like it was more of a mid-level job, but they were having a hard time getting mid and senior level developers. So they decided to give me a shot. Yep. So you just never know. Um, yeah. So I would like definitely recommend going for it. And and by going on the interview process, like it's gr like great feedback. Uh, so even if you're not ready, like at least you have a better idea of what you need to focus on. Yeah. And, and I give people the same advice. It's funny because, um, you know, I've been putting together a, a beta for the how to find a better job product. And yeah, I mean, I get people and I've, I've been saying the same thing. Look, you know, go out and apply. And then when they call you back and they say you're hired, then great. And if they call back and they say, look, you know, you're not quite what we're looking for, then you can start asking them questions like, what skills do I need to develop in order for you to hire me? You know, or is it, you know, like a personality culture mismatch or something like that? But you can start getting that feedback. And when they tell you, well, we want somebody with a little bit more experience with Grunt or Gulp or Web Webpack or Angular or whatever, then then you know, okay, I'm going to go level up and then I'm going to come back. Exactly. Like, you know, like I've kind of been saying, I was in my mind, that job that I applied to, which I ended up you know, being my first job, I thought I probably had like a 10% chance of getting hired there. Mm -hmm. um, so much so that like the place I decided to live was 45 minutes away. I decided to live, this was in Baltimore. I decided to live downtown because I thought I'd end up um, doing like Ruby on Rails at a startup or something downtown. And this job was in the suburbs. So like that just tells you how much like how the, the lack of confidence I had in getting that job. Um, like you know, I had my heart set on w wanting to do JavaScript and that was full stack JavaScript there. So that was like really my only, um, the only company I knew that was doing full stack JavaScript. So like, and the interview process was crazy. There were, I think I had three interviews and the last one was like three hours long of technical questions. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, like I just, I went for it and I just viewed it as a learning opportunity. So. And it all worked out. 
Makes sense. Um, so, so how did you settle on JavaScript? You know, changing the subject a little bit. How did you wind yeah. up, you know, full, full stack JavaScript? Um, it sounds like you were doing a lot of Ruby on Rails stuff before that. I was. I was. like, I, And I still, you know, I, I still like Ruby. And I feel like a lot of times the time that I did spend doing Ruby has, like, influenced how I write JavaScript sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I can find myself, like... <sighs> If if it was up to me, like I totally love the like code craftsmanship stuff, but you know we we are in like the real world and we have to get paid and we have to get stuff out the door. Um, but I I love how like the Ruby community really embraces that and TDD and stuff like that. Um, but so <laughs> probably one of the biggest reasons I ended up in JavaScript was just the the JavaScript instructor at the boot camp. His name was Child Medford. Uh, I think he's like teaching uh, bootcamp stuff overseas now, actually. But he was very convincing <laughs> about like how awesome JavaScript was and uh, talk to anybody who had him as an ex- instructor and they will understand. But uh, so that and then also too, I just my personality has like, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier, always been drawn to whatever is most challenging and that's not to say that Ruby is not challenging because like anything is challenging in this field, I think. Uh, but because it was like more uncharted territory at the time, like this was when, you know, Angular was first coming out and stuff like that. I just saw like, uh, like in the boot camp, um, we started doing node apps and there just wasn't a lot of material out there to learn node yet. So the challenge of like, all this new stuff and all this uncharted territory was what really drew me in. That's really, really interesting because it seems like a lot of new people, I mean, ultimately they want to get a job, right? But they, they kind of want to go into something that's a bit more established and, you know, has all the, all the road signs up and you kind of yeah. went the other way, right? I did. Um, I guess, you know, uh, I don't know. I I just like I decided to go for it. I think I saw that, you know, like even if I focused on JavaScript, um, like I could always get a front end job if I couldn't find something full stack with Node. Yeah, that makes sense. Oddly enough is what I've ended up doing (laughs) in the end after doing like, you know, a little bit over a year of full stack. But anyways, we can get to that later. (laughs) Yep. So, um, yeah, so you wound up with this job in Baltimore. You're working full stack JavaScript, um, you know, doing a lot of interesting things. Um, we get you on JavaScript Jabber, and I'm kind of curious, like, how, how did how do you think that that's changed things? How how did that affect your career at that point? Oh my gosh, it's been like the biggest blessing. I am so grateful to you, Jameson, Joe, like everybody. <laughs> um, I'm just like beyond blessed. Uh, you know, it gave me the opportunity to get on Angular Air. And also, I think like that first year. Um, so whenever I do conference talks, I am big on like the talk has to have some kind of personal meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like when I uh, I'll get to like your question a little bit more through this answer. But um when I, you know, set out to like put this talk together that I did that I've get, been able to give it a bunch of places, um, 
I wanted to give it at November because that's where the boot camp was that I graduated from. And honestly, I did it because I wanted an excuse to go visit my best friend, Rachel, in Nashville. And I knew that if I was accepted to speak, that my employer would cover like the airfare and stuff to get me to Nashville. And I was like, I just want to come see my best friend. And, you know, I have this like, at the time I thought like, you know, this is dumb. Who wants to hear about, you know, my story of like coming into programming, uh, But I guess like being on JavaScript Jabber, uh, you know, I think a lot of there were a lot of people in my same boat. So it made this talk I gave like a lot more attractive, like JavaScript Jabber gave me the platform to kind of share that and um, build a lot of connections with people so that like, you know, I had the opportunity to give talks and um, being on Angular Air, same thing. Uh, you know, I was given the opportunity to like meet a lot of people and, you know, was invited to speak at a couple conferences. So, uh, whether it be like those kinds of opportunities and, and then inevitably like speaking at conferences, you meet people who are looking to hire. Um, but you know, the other cool thing, which I think I said on like episode 250 of JavaScript ever is, uh, I'm big on like trying to prep for the episodes. So it's given me like this cursory understanding of like everything coming out and with JavaScript moving so quickly. uh, It's been cool to like cool as an understatement. (laughs) It's been like absolutely amazing to be able to get on the show and like ask questions and um, also be able to ask questions that and feel comfortable asking questions that honestly, sometimes like I'm embarrassed or intimidated to ask sometimes. But going out and talking to people, like people will say, hey, like, thank you for asking those questions. I was having those questions. Uh, so that's really what it has done. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and you know, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the show as well. Um, for me, a lot of it's just the interpersonal interaction. So the people that we bring on as guests and the people we have on as hosts. But, you know, yeah, it's it's this constant exposure to new ideas. And that's just it's just fun. Yep, totally. It's awesome. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about JavaScript Jabber, and you were also on Angular Air, you mentioned. Um, I, I'd be curious to know, you know, what your experience there was. Like, how is it the same? How is it different? Uh, so, Angular Air, you know, it's on air. So, mm-hmm. we didn't have, like, the awesome editing and stuff like that. Um, and Angular Air, like, we did things a little bit differently. I, you know, I don't know how they're doing it now, but when I was on there, um, like, we we didn't do as much. Uh, I would say, like, Angular Air was honestly, like, a little bit more, for lack of better words, like, scripted. Like, we had... Um, a set outline. I know for JavaScript Jabber, we've kind of been doing that more, but a lot of times with JavaScript Jabber, it's just kind of like the conversation just kind of like flows and, you know, whatever the panelists want to ask naturally. Whereas Angular Air, we usually had like an outline. Um, But like other than that, I mean, they were very similar. Obviously the guests are a little bit different. Like Angular Air is a little more niche. Mm -hmm. Uh, JavaScript's all of JavaScript. So, but yeah, pretty similar. Uh, Are there other things that you've uh, contributed to the JavaScript community outside of JavaScript Jabber, Angular Air, and some of your speaking that you'd like to talk about? Um, You know, I haven't done a lot with open source just because there's like, you know, only so much you can do. Um, I have tried to at the, especially now that I'm in Nashville, kind of serve as a mentor for some of the students here. And then there's just been like 
throughout, you know, the past two and a half years or so, I guess probably mentoring more than anything. Um, there's been a couple developers who, you know, for a period of time we would set up like regular phone calls or like Google Hangouts or Skype and, uh, learn stuff together. Um, I just like, I always feel so blessed for the opportunities I've been given. So I always try to make myself like readily available to answer people's questions and stuff. So. Yeah, that makes sense. So is, is that kind of what you're working on now is mostly focused on the mentorship? Um, I know that you've moved around jobs a little bit and you've had some other things go on in your life. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, you know, how much you want to talk about that journey and where you're at at this point. Yeah, totally. So, um, so like from a personal side, you know, last year I just had a lot of stuff going on. So I kind of had to not focus career wise as much as I would have liked. Um, but you know, inevitably like you grow, uh, like your, your career will grow, um, just when you're like learning more about yourself and stuff. Uh, but all that to say, um, like what I've been focused on now on top of the mentoring. And again, this like goes back to what I was saying about, uh, I kind of like like conference talks or blog posts or things like that to just come out of like these like organic experiences I've had. And so, uh, I guess to back up. So I worked with Jameson for a little while last year at a company called Kuali, but, um, in, at the same time I was interviewing at Kuali, uh, the company that I'm working for now, I also interviewed with them, uh, but they just kept like emailing me uh, like probably once a month or something and was like, hey, are you still happy? You know, we're still here if you change your mind. <laughs> uh, and they, they did this for like six months. And uh, finally, uh, just because of like life circumstances that I was going through, um, you know, I talked to like I, I definitely like I uh I, you know, I feel like the people at Quali and I, like we're, we're all friends and everything, but, uh, just given my life circumstances, it made more sense for me to, uh, transition to the job I have now. Um, like I talked this over with my parents and friends and cause I just felt bad. Like it's not like me to not stay at a place for very long like that. Um, not at all my personality, but just cause of everything going on, it made more sense anyways. Um, so the place that I'm at now, uh, we, it's called drama fever, but we are like actually undergoing a name change pretty soon, probably because we were acquired by Warner brothers. So we're doing a lot of stuff there, but it's my first job where I'm only doing front end. And out of that, like I definitely have had my butt kicked with CSS. Um, like I'm so used to like being full stack JavaScript, like a lot of times, like the CSS was like just good enough. Like if it looks okay, just like ship it, you know, it's all about the functionality. And so where I'm at now, like the design, when you work for a company like Warner brothers or something like, like the design of the application is huge. Like, like that's their brand. Um, so it's not just about functionality. Uh, so all that to say, like my personality, I like to understand things at a very deep level. And so I just like got super frustrated with trying to debug like CSS and like having a lot of these like complicated designs that needed to be implemented. So I've been digging a lot into like browser internals and um, like how the rendering engine actually parses style sheets and stuff like that. So I'm working on a conference talk that I'm going to give uh, at RevConf in Virginia in June and then at Codestock, which is in Knoxville in May. Uh, so I've been working 
a ton on that and have been really, really, really enjoying that. So it's a, it's a little bit of like a divergence from JavaScript, but it's not just like, you know, learn this like CSS syntax or something like that. Like it's actually like, you know, digging into um, like the rendering engine, which is really awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I <laughs> I would love to dig into some of that stuff. I just don't have the time. But Yeah, it's been fascinating. Like I love it. I love deep diving into stuff like that. So you wind up reading a lot of C++ code or something? <laughs> I have been doing a little bit of that. Luckily, like, because I've never written C++ as a mentor I work with. Um, him and I have been able to go through some of that together. So oh, very I, nice. I wouldn't be able to do it without him. <laughs> or I, I could, but I wouldn't be as effective. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, C++ is object-oriented, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those talks come out and maybe we'll uh, we'll have you kind of uh, co-host and guest at the same time on JavaScript Jabber and talk about some of that stuff because yeah, I, I, totally. kn- I know it's a common thing. I mean, I, he- I hear people cursing CSS and it's like, <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I feel like so many people like, you know, we're developers, you know, we're, we should think, take a logical approach to things like CSS is not magic. Like a lot of people get frustrated and they think like, you know, like CSS is stupid and, you know, it's not worth my time to learn. But if you are a front end developer, like you're responsible for also taking like styles seriously and having a deeper understanding of what's going on behind the scenes will help you to debug things. So you're not just like throwing darts at a dartboard and guessing, which is what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself here, like I am a developer. Why am I like just randomly doing stuff? Like there should be a systematic approach to me figuring out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and the way that the style sheets cascade and, you know, the way that they preempt each other and things like that, that, I mean, that's usually where my hangups are. It's like, it's like, I told it to do this. And then it's like, oh, this other thing is overriding it. Yep, totally. Like, I mean, there there are rules to follow, you know, like the parser follows certain mm-hmm. rules. There There is a spec with rules. So if you learn those rules, it will make debugging much easier. Yep. Are you trying to figure out how to stay current with Ruby and Rails? I'm putting on a two-day online conference called Ruby Remote Conf. You can check it out at rubyremoteconf.com. Like I said, it's a two-day conference where you can come and listen to speakers and experts from all around the world talk to you about issues pertaining to Ruby and web development. We have an online Slack channel, a roundtable discussion on Zoom, and all of the talks are given over Google Hangouts, and all of the talks will be streamed to you live. Come check us out at rubyremoteconf.com. All right. Well, um, I mean, the questions that I usually ask, we've we've kind of gone through them. And that's just, you know, how'd you get into programming? How'd you get into JavaScript? What are you working on now? What have you communi- uh, uh, contributed to the community? One question that I, I tend to ask, and it's not on the list, and that is, is that is over the course of your career, do you feel like there's, you know, or the, over the course of your story that you've told us here, do you feel like there's some overarching theme? Is there is there something that you hope that people would hear where you've been and what you've done and go, Oh, okay. I learned this or I feel like I can do this. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's like, you know, the talk that I've been given. It's, it's called Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. And, you know, I talked earlier that my personality like loves a challenge. <laughs> but even then, you know, like you, you will, I feel like in this, in this industry, like you will never reach, like there's, it's never ending. So like you will never know enough uh, because it's just constantly changing. And so for me, like, you know, I, I got kind of like, I would beat myself up a lot. And so uh, like doing that talk and just kind of like accepting the fact that I will never know enough. And, and that's kind of what makes it fun at the same time. Uh, so literally like just getting comfortable with that feeling, <laughs> like it still happens. It never goes away. Uh, so you just kind of learn to like embrace it and enjoy it. Awesome. <laughs> I have nothing to add. You, you nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, the last thing that we do on these uh, episodes is picks and you're very familiar with picks having been on the show for two years. Uh, do you have some things that you want to shout out about? Totally. So because of kind of what we talked about, and I figured we'd kind of touch on this stuff, there was a blog post, uh, it might have been shared at work a couple weeks ago. Uh, it might have also been on Twitter, but it's called uh, Rituals of Shaming in the Software Industry. And like, I know for me personally, uh, I've had to learn to become a little bit more assertive uh, in this industry, which is fine, but it, it was not very comfortable for me at first. Uh, and also too, I should add, like, I cannot say good, enough good things about where I work. Like I, I've mentioned this before on JavaScript Jabber, but I have like, there's tons of women at the company I'm at. Uh, so that, that might be why I saw this at work, but, um, like I'm fortunate enough that I've had really good experiences, but I also know that some people have not had the greatest experiences. So uh, like this article just kind of talks about how a lot of developers have unfortunately kind of like developed this tough skin and you know, it's not really healthy uh, to go around like that all the time. Like we are human beings and we have families and um, like we all enjoy our jobs, but we are all humans. We're not computers. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I really enjoyed this article. And then, uh, you know, people that listen to JavaScript Jabber, I'm always picking like healthy things and new foods to try and stuff like that. Uh, so this past weekend I was at Whole Foods and then I also saw it at Kroger. It's this ice cream and it's called Halo Top. But most of the flavor is like an entire pint uh, is like 240 calories. I think like one serving is probably seven grams of protein, something like that. Uh, it might have like a little more sugar than I usually like. It might have like six grams of sugar for a serving. Uh, but anyways, I love this ice cream. I bought like four different flavors when I was at Kroger on Sunday. So that's my kind of health pick to go along with my tech pick. Very nice. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks. Um, one of them that I'm going to pick is I've kind of picked up buying um, power cables for my iPhone. It seems like I can never find one when I need one. And I've been getting these braided ones. Um, I, I have one that I bought at a gas station. I have another one that's like three feet long that I picked up somewhere on Amazon, I think. Um, and so anyway, I'm just going to pick all of those just because 
I'm just, I'm super happy with, with all of that stuff. And then, um, the other thing that I'm going to pick just in general is, um, I, I just love doing these stories. So if you, if you want a little bit more to this particular story, then definitely go back and listen to the episode that we did with, with, uh, Amy, um, back what 200 something episodes ago. <laughs> Did we say it was like 253? Like, oh my gosh, it's almost been 100 episodes. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> it's, it's 153. And I think today we released episode 253 or something like that. Gosh, so. crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's been, it's been this crazy ride, but it's been, it's been fun. And it's just been great to get to know you over the last few years. And, you know, you've been out here a few times because you were working for Koali and they'd fly you out and then, yep. um, you know, at, at conferences and things like that. It's just, it's it's just great. And, you know, we it have is. such great people involved that I, I just love making these connections and talking to people. So totally. It's awesome. All right. Well, anything else that you want people to go check out? You know, you want to follow you on Twitter or anything like that? Uh, what, what should they do for that? Uh, so Twitter is uh, Amy, A-I-M-E-E underscore night with a K. Uh, one thing that we just released that I'm super excited about, I've been like busting my butt at work, putting in a lot of extra hours, uh, like weekends included. Um, so we just launched this thing for a cartoon, cartoon network called Boomerang. So you can like watch cartoons who doesn't love cartoons. So Mm -hmm. although I've been working really hard, at least I get to like squeeze in a little Scooby-Doo here and there. Uh, but it, uh, there's just the beta right now. So, but you can sign up for when we do like the full release, uh, to go on there. So that's kind of cool. Something I've been working on. And then, uh, the two conferences that I'm speaking at, um, like RevConf that I mentioned in Virginia in June and CodeStock in Knoxville in May. Uh, those people are awesome. So it'd be good to check those out too. Yeah. And I also want to just point out, I know you well enough to, uh, know the answer to this question, but if people are going to those conferences and they listen to the show or maybe just, um, you know, find your story inspirational, are you cool with them coming up and saying hi and asking a few questions? Oh, totally. Like a lot of times I will get email. I have an AMA on GitHub, but honestly, um, I know for me personally, like if somebody just sent me a link to an AMA and I was new, I'd kind of be intimidated to put my questions out there for everyone in the world to see. So a lot of times I'll get emails from people or people tweet me or like send me a DM or something. And um, if you're not comfortable putting stuff on my AMA, just like shoot me an email and we can set up a time to talk on the phone or something like that. So, uh, you know, like I talked about when we first got started, um, when I began, I didn't always have like formal mentorship, but I really just kind of viewed it as like I would meet this one person at a meetup and they would get me a couple more steps of the way. So even if you just have like, you know, people that you meet here and there as you're getting started and they just get you another couple steps further, like anything I can do to help with that, I would love to be able to help people. <laughs> yep. And one other thing that I just want to point out is uh, the reason that Amy wound up on JavaScript Jabber was because she was a terrific guest and, you know, she has a compelling story, but also because she, she stepped up and put herself out there. You know, she told her story. She she let people know, hey, look, I'm a junior developer and these are the experiences I had. And ultimately, I think that was what got the attention of Jameson, who invited her on the show. And then we decided that we wanted her to keep coming. And so even if you're new, just step up, step out, step forward and, you know, let people know where you're at and let people know what you're learning. And I mean, who knows what could happen? But I mean, that that's one thing that you know, you get out there and then people notice you and 
I mean, that's that step to getting that first job or that's that step to getting that better job. Totally. Like, just get excited. I mean, that's like the number one thing I say to people is like, if you are excited about that, just like let it show because that excitement is contagious for people. Yep. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, Thank you so much, Amy, for uh, coming and for being such a terrific friend and co-host on the show. Thank you. Thank you for like having me on. And it's been awesome. So thanks for the opportunity. All right. Well, we'll catch everyone next week. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.